Glory to God. Love that song. Hallelujah. I, I think we're good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You guys may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Wow. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love that song. It says, because I know you love me, so it matters what you know. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It didn't say, I trust you because circumstances. I didn't, it didn't say, I trust you because everything's going right and my ducks are in a row. It didn't say, I trust you because I don't have any pain in my body because all my joints are perfectly working well. Uh, I did, it didn't say, I trust you because all my finances are lining up. It didn't say, I trust you because I get along with everybody. It just said, I trust you. I find myself singing that song when things are, things are getting a little, there's pressure. Pressure. It's light and easy to go through it with him. But when there's pressure and you just start confessing, wait a minute, I trust you. That's the beauty of Pastor's idea of Keith Moore. His songs, he's got many songs like that. And they're so simple and you'll find yourself singing them in the middle of a test or even just going about your day, and it's a confession. Amen. So it's like a love song to him. Amen. I trust you. Amen. I trust you. Amen. I trust you. Amen. I trust you. Then the, the hard stuff will show up, and you say, wait a minute, I trust him. Come on, I trust him. Come on. And then you start running. Wait a minute, I trust Come him. On, this stuff can't stay on me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory. I get the honor and privilege of... Uh, of doing the part by preaching tonight, pastor, pastor, uh, called me and, or called my wife and my wife was happy to volunteer me, which she, she knew, she knew, I, she said, Hey, pastor asked if you would preach tonight. I told her you said yes. I had just woke up, but she said, I told you you said yes. I would have, I would have said yes anyway. It, my wife knows I would have said yes anyway. We've learned if pastor calls on you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma yeah. uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Um, let's pray. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your plan for this service tonight. Not my will or any of our individual will, Father, but your will be done. We, we give ourselves to your will. We're here to hear what you would have to say to us. By your Holy Spirit, we yield to your leadership. Jesus, we yield to you as the head of the church. We thank you for those divine, accurate utterances to be given straight from the throne room of heaven tonight, Father. We thank you for him. We thank you that as a body of Christ and as a local church, we thank you we get it. We are in unity and in one accord, and the revelations for this era will be preached by those that have the platform to speak it, Father. And that means that this platform, Father, is not my platform, but your platform, Father. And that platform we hold in our hearts of a high regard, Father. The, the most precious place on earth is our place of answers. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let's, uh, let's go to Ephesians real quick. I was getting ready, and 
Some people were impressed with my heart, so I just want to say a prayer for some of our church family. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Ephesians 1, we'll just start at verse 16, and I just wanted to pray for our church family. So as we say this prayer, it's for each other, um, for our pastors, for those that attend regularly and those that don't attend regularly, those that are not here with us. Uh, we just lift them up. Amen. So Father, we cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of all of them yes. in our prayers, Amen. that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of their understanding, Father being enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of your mighty power, Father. What you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, which filleth all in all. And you have raised us up together, 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 and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, that was just something important that was on my heart as I was getting ready. Hallelujah. Um, I've got plenty of verses. You guys are going to get some overflow from the youth, uh, youth group, youth and young adults group, The Road to Success. Uh, this last Saturday, we ended up, the utterances are very specific to who's here. So we ended up with the people that were there. Uh, we ended up talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we talked about some specifics in being led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's important that we, we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. And a stranger's voice we will not follow. Uh, they're very distinct. I don't want to spill this. So I'm going to move it. Um, they're very distinct. Very important to know that difference. And it can make or break you. But thank God there's, there's grace and, and he helps us. Thank God he loves us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's go to Romans 8. Get this off a little warm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Romans 8. You can't talk about being led by the Spirit of God without stopping in Romans 8 at some point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's start. Let's start at the top. Mm -hmm. uh, we ended up talking about a lot about being led by the Spirit, but the other side of being led by the Spirit is not being led by the voice of the stranger, Amen. not being led by the voice of your flesh. Amen. You're going to have to shut that voice up. Amen. Um, 
You're going to have to shut it up. That's nobody else's responsibility. It's nobody else's responsibility to convince you to trust God, but it's nobody else's responsibility to shut other voices up and not be convinced by those other voices. Pastor does her part. Tremendously feeds us the word. That's her part. Tells us how to decipher and tell the distinction between those voices. And our part is to do it. The walking out of it. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, We'll go in the Amplified. I have at the top of my... Every now and then when somebody's preaching and then I catch something, I'll write a big, bold heading. And at the top of my... Romans chapter 8, it says, the flesh versus the spirit. That's what I titled that chapter. But uh, the King James titles it, Life in the Spirit. But you got to know both. Therefore, we'll start in the Amplified uh, Classic. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. For the law of the Spirit, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, the law of our new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. There's a very, this, this chapter, that's why I wrote flesh versus the Spirit at the top, because there's a very, it draws the line and says, this is it. You know, you might be thinking, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, or uh, it seems like I'm supposed to do this. I, I just don't know. Uncertainty is never fun. Uh, confusion is never fun, uh, and the world will say it is, um, but this, this chapter is going to help us, you know, it's like um, Hebrews 4.12, the, the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, uh, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, discerning and sifting and analyzing the thoughts and the intents and the purposes of the heart. I mean, you can't hide nothing from the Word. What does pastor always, always remind us of? If you're doing it, good or bad, and you're born again, he's right there in you, Amen. doing it with you, yeah, right. loving you, giving you the power to, to, to overcome that. Yeah. In the temptation is the power to overcome it. He said he'd always give us a way out. Amen. Um, <clears throat> for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do. Its power being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh. And as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh. You hear this over and over again. Flesh, sin. Flesh, sin. He's helping us here. By sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame it, deprived it of its power over all that accept that sacrifice. Glory. Verse 2, we back up to verse 2, it says, the law of our new being. The law of being born, the law of those in Christ, the law of being born again. So if you, if you keep that in mind as we read through this, the law of our new being and the law of the flesh. And later on down in this chapter, it talks about not a spirit to put you in bondage again to fear. That's that spirit of flesh will put you back into bondage. You know, Pastor Nancy often says, well, people will say, well, I can drink just a little bit. 
I can, I can drink just a little bit and, and, and it's okay. And I, uh, and, uh, thank you, Lord. Um, thank you, dear. <laughs> yes. Excuse me. My wife is helping me with something. <laughs> As I was getting mic'd up, I left my zipper down. <laughs> I don't mind telling you. It's, it's a funny thing. Um, focus, honey. <laughs> On the word. <laughs> I'm preaching to her tonight. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank, thank you, my love. The, la- the last time, I even told myself not to do that. The last time, I don't know if any of you caught it, the last time I preached, the pastor had asked me to, and I had the honor to do it. My zipper was down the whole time. And I told my wife, and she said, yeah, I noticed. I said, why didn't you tell me? So this time, she actually told me. But when I was getting ready, I said, don't leave it down. Don't leave it down. Don't leave it down. And I had it up. And I went into the, the office back there to get mic'd up. And as I was getting mic'd up, I was, you know, moving the wires around and I left it down again. Hallelujah. It's pretty funny. Thank you, dear. <clears throat> I'm okay being laughed at. I don't care. Um, hallelujah. The flesh versus the spirit, everybody. Okay. Um, it's a test. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, let's back up. Back to the word. Hallelujah. Uh, for verse 4. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Yeah. Our lives governed. Oh, I love this. Our lives governed not by the standards according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we go uh, <clears throat> keep, that, keep that verse 2 in mind, he says, the law which is in spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being. So as we read down, keep that in mind. He just reiterated that again. Our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Brother Luis, I have a yellow book, or a book with a yellow cover there. Would you bring me that? Thank you. Let's, Let's camp out here for a second. Controlled by the Holy Spirit. Uh, when I was getting ready, it just, I, I, I guess if you're going to title this, you'd call it consecration and hearing. Because you need, you need one to do the other. You need to be consecrated to hear, and you need to be hearing to consecrate. Um, what day was that? This is a devotional by Brother Hagen. Pastor blessed me with this years ago, probably over 10 years already. Praise the Lord. Uh, and I still go to it. Anytime we call it quiet time at home, anytime we, we take a moment and say, hey, I got the kids, you go get some quiet time. Go fill up, get in the Word. This is one of my books I always grab because it's got daily devotionals. You know, they're not very long. There's one for every day of the month. And sometimes they carry over into multiple days. It's called Health Food Devotions. And as Pastor tells us, people think it's a health food book. Well, it's health food for your spirit. Yeah. But the fun part is that when I read this for health and healing, even if something's not hurting or nothing's going wrong, 
get it in there in the meantime. But it's faith basics for healing. So if it's, so I'll read this and I get help for finances because it's faith basics. It's, it's, it's meant for healing. They're healing testimonies and, and word on healing, but it's the same switch of faith. And if you don't need it, somebody else is probably going to need it. So fill up on it and you'll be able to give some answers. Uh, January 29th, and you can always go back to them and then some of them carry over. So there's, you'll read one and it has a cliffhanger into the next day. So you get two or three days put together because it's a really good story from Brother Hagen. These were actually, uh, he held a prayer and healing school and some, they took his prayer and healing sermons and put them into a devotional book. Uh, And there's testimonies in here from conferences, people getting out of wheelchairs, uh, things like that. And people that don't get healed, testimonies in here, people that lose their healing, people whose kids lost their healing. Uh, We need to know how not to do that. So the, these are, the, these are the, the faith basics. But uh, January 29th says this. Now we stumbled onto that word, controlled. So read uh, that, that verse again, verse 4. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us. In us, and if you remember verse 2, the law of our new being. So us who walk in the law of the new being. And move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the, sp- the Spirit. Our lives governed not by the standards according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. I believe it's Galatians that says, walk in the Spirit. And maybe I, if, you, if I have that wrong, let me know. Uh, maybe Galatians 3 or somewhere in there. Uh, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, so that the, read that second part again, but in the ways of the Spirit. So I'll just read the whole verse again. Verse 4 in the Amplified, Romans 8, verse 4. So that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to highlight some of these words. Governed. Move. Live. Standards. Dictates. You know, you hear people, so-and-so is a dictator. What does that mean? They, they're in control. They force control. They're very controlling. The dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now, I got in. The fun part about this book is, is when you get in, you can read one. They're very short. It usually starts with a verse, reads through a, a short two-paragraph story, and then has a confession at the bottom. And sometimes the confession is the entire page. You'll just, the whole, that day, actually, I think my birthday, January 11th, was a, a confession. The entire page was a confession. Um, and then there's actually one where uh, he, it just has a prophecy that he gave uh, in one of his conferences. Uh, and it's still accurate today. You read it, you're like, oh my gosh, is he here right now? Because yeah. it, it was still very accurate to what's going on today. Uh, but January 29th says this. This is the verse, John 8, 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So there's another word that references freedom. Dictates 
controls, governed, free, freedom. This one is titled, The Truth Shall Make You Free. Jesus is the truth, and Satan is the oppressor. Now, this is Brother Hagen, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagen. Sickness comes from Satan, who is the author of it. And the simplicity of it, you know, it's so clear. It's like, like what Pastor says, that Pastor Nancy and Reverend Joel's books, they're just so simple that you can catch it. Uh, Jesus is the truth. Satan is the oppressor. There's that dividing line. If you were confused before, here it is. Life, death, blessing, cursing. Jesus is the truth, and Satan is the oppressor. Sickness comes from Satan, who is the author of it, not God. You see, the more truth you get into you, the more free you'll be. Referencing John 8, 32. The truth you know is the truth that, or you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You see, the more truth you get into you, the more free you'll be. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I wrote in here in my notes, in any area. So he's talking about Satan being the oppressor by sickness and Jesus being the healer by truth. But what if it's finances that you need? then the oppression of lack, the oppression of not enough, that wears you out. Spinning your wheels to get it, to get it, to get it, and it just seems like you never get it, you never got it, um, that's meant to kill you. That's toil. It's meant to wear you out. The devil is a hard taskmaster. So at some point, we just got to kind of slow our roll and say, okay, God, this ain't working. What, what, do you, what do I need to do? Hearing is important. Right. We need to hear. Um, and we need to hear the truth. So he said, and, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth. Pastor Ike said this when he was here. The truth you possess. This is one of the things he, I, I wrote down the quote, and then I've added to it. But he says, the truth that you possess is the truth that is governing you. Pastor Ike said that when he's here. The truth you possess, you possess something, you take it, is the truth that is governing you. Brother Hagen says here, you see, the more truth you get into you, so the more truth that you possess, the more free you'll be. It, Pastor Ike said it so plainly for us. The truth you possess is the truth that is governing you. We are being governed by something, whether it's a truth or a lie. You know, people who are deceived by a lie don't think it's a lie. Come on, it's true. They think it's the truth. That's why it's important to know the voice of the good shepherd, not the voice of... You know, if there's a good shepherd, there's a bad shepherd. Just, just saying. He wouldn't have said it that way, you know. Uh, you know, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Well, wait a minute. He just said there's a spirit of fear. You know, sometimes you just got to take it for face value and say... Whoa, he just said that? If there's a good shepherd, guess what? Or if there's a good shepherd, that tells you everything else is probably a bad shepherd. We can get into this. Uh, I wasn't planning on going to this book, but I had it at least tonight anyway. So Pastor Ike said, the truth you possess is the truth that is governing you. So I looked up the word governing and broke it down. 
And I'm just going to read it over. It's going to sound repetitive, but it's to get it in us so we can possess it. The truth you possess is the truth that is ruling you. These are all different words for governing. The truth you possess is the truth that is presiding over you, like a courtroom. You know who's in control in the courtroom? The judge. And you get out of control, he'll put you in control. They have the ability to hold you without bail. You have a right to bail, but if you act up in the courtroom, how much more in heaven? Come on. You, guess what? Those that end up in hell will be held without bail. That's true. Come on. These, these two over here are Come laughing. On. They're still laughing about my zipper. Come on, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. You can have fun. Um, the truth you possess is the truth that is controlling you. Come on. The truth you possess is the truth that is sentencing you. Just let that soak in. The truth you possess is the truth that is deciding the fate of you. The truth you possess is the truth that is piloting you. You think you're in control, but, but, but that truth is at the helm. And you want the good shepherd in the, in the pilot seat, or you want the right pilot in the pilot seat. The truth that is piloting you. You know, when we go, when we travel and we sit down in the plane, we don't even think about it. We, we, we. I know Pastor always says they put their hands on the plane, mm-hmm. plead the blood over it. So I adopted. I started doing that. When we walk in, I set my hand because you go through that gate into the door. I put my hand on the outside of the plane. I said, "Thank you. We're covered. The blood, and we're going. We're going to the other side." And then I, I sleep most of the time. I don't. I don't. Not gonna. And take notes from Jesus. Uh, and. I'm not going to be worried if we don't even think about it. That's right. We don't even think about whether or not we're going to get there. That's right. Amen. But what truth is piloting our life and we're not thinking about it? The plane, we have to go through customs, the airport. I mean, we, 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 we trust that it's safe because checks, double checks, triple checks. The airlines, they know what they're doing. They're professionals. Uh, should be, you know, they hire, they're not going to hire some... Uh, would-be pilot. They're going to hire professionals. Uh, they're not going to have just anybody at TSA waving you through. They're going to be almost strip-searching my pastor every time we go through there because she's got a, you know, a knee that she had worked on, and they have to pat her. It's ridiculous. I have to watch them. I'm like, come on, guys, leave her alone. Yeah. Um, is the truth that is piloting you? So think about all that goes into being piloted in a plane. You schedule it out ahead of time. You know. Uh, when you're supposed to be at the airport, so you know when you're supposed to get up, you know when you're supposed to be packed. Pastor Jackie packed a day, days in advance. She'll begin packing. She is so prepared. Amen. Should take note of that. <laughs> uh, I'm talking to myself. Uh, days in advance and uh, knows who's going to take you to the airport or if you're parking your car, you know you're going to leave it there. The funds have already been established for the trip and all that, all that preparation goes into taking a flight, Amen. you know. Amen. Uh, and if you don't have a ticket, well, you say the word is your ticket. If you don't have a ticket, you don't get on that flight. Uh, and so the truth you possess is the truth that is piloting you. The truth you possess is the truth that is running you. Let's back up to piloting real quick. What is running your life that you're not even thinking about? 
you're just, you're just long for the ride. What destination is that taking you to? Is there turbulence? You know, sometimes when there's turbulence on the plane and it starts to go up and down a little bit, you know, sometimes they'll get on there and say, hey, guys, we're going through a little turbulence. Please buckle up your seatbelts. And that gives you a little peace of mind. You go, oh, okay. I never think, I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. You know, uh, I, li- I like flying. The takeoff is my, my favorite part. I'm like, oh, yes. Like, all the, everything starts shaking. And yeah, I love the power behind it. And I'm always wondering, like, I wonder how fast we're going right now. John could probably tell us. How, how fast does a, a massive airliner have to go? Like 90, and that's it? Ah, okay. Just burst my bubble. Uh, it feels fast because it's so big to get, well, you know what? That is fast. To get something that big moving at 90 miles an hour, that is pretty fast. For a car, 90 isn't that fast. But, um, uh, thank you, Father. Piloting. So what are we, what is controlling us? What is deciding, we back up, deciding the fate of or what is sentencing us? What is, what is guiding us that we don't even know is guiding us? Sometimes we don't even know how, control, how much control our, we've given to our flesh. You know, how much, how much we've allowed things to pilot us, and we're just along for the ride. And you know what the flesh likes? You know the pilots, you rarely see them. They might greet you on the way in or way out but you don't see them during the flight. Uh, the flesh likes to be hidden. The voice of the flesh likes to tell you you're okay. The voice of the devil, he likes, that's the voice of the flesh. Uh, it, it is godless, like pastor tells us, godless human nature. That's, that's the flesh. That's the definition of flesh. Godless human nature. Uh, it's corrupted. And it, it's something that was pure and became corrupted. Go back and read Genesis. You'll figure it out. Um, uh, the truth you possess is the truth that is piloting you. What is in control? What is deciding the destination of? You know, because you can get on that flight and say, well, I'm going, I'm going to Hawaii or I'm going to so-and-so, and the pilot could decide something else without even telling you. What is the flesh? You think you're okay. You think you're okay. You think you're okay. And you're actually tipping toward a nosedive because the flesh is in control, but he'll keep getting on the radio telling you, nope. Hey, folks, everything's fine. Stay along for the ride. Keep doing what you want to do. Uh, just enjoy yourself, everybody. The flight's going to be fine. We're going to get there. It's not this, because if it was this, you'd, be, you'd know. You'd know we're in trouble. But if it's, if it's slow, uh, I, had written, I had written something. earlier when I was getting ready. We have to be careful. Let's go to 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen real quick. I'll come back to this controlling. Can you put it up there, sister? Thank you. You know, our church family's precious. Uh, I, everybody in their place, so I, I pulled up and I saw... Uh, Sister Alice greeting, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's awesome!" Like Amen. taking, like when people take their place, things things work. Amen. It, it's awesome, and it is no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. 
Can we do it in the message? So Satan will masquerade as an angel of light. It means he tries to look like something he's not. Here's that descent. Everything's going fine, folks. We'll be there in about an hour. You don't even know. You don't even know you're going down. Uh, are you able to find the message? I'll give you some time. No, we don't have it? Okay. Um, there's a, I don't know if it's the message, but there is, maybe it's the New Living Translation. Can you try that one? New Living Translation. Um, there, is a, a, a mes- there is a translation of this verse. Uh, when Sonny and I went down to Pawnee for New Year's, uh, Pastor, uh, actually Pastor Leslie and Levi's church, where they pastor for Reverend Ricky and Pastor Sally. Um, and... Yes, but I am not surprised. Even Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. There's one translation that says he changes himself into an angel of light. He transforms himself into an angel of light. Not just tries to be one, but he, he, he because at his core he is not. The King James, the, the, can you put the King James, sister? He transforms himself into an angel of light, meaning he doesn't just put the, the mask on, because at his core, he's not an angel of light, but he will, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, meaning if you looked at him, you'd say, wait a minute, that's an angel of light. Yeah. Right. But you have to know the voice. Yeah. And so uh, what Reverend Ricky was getting across is there's actually, I don't have it here, but it actually says, and no marvel. Can you back up? For such as false prophets. Right here. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, deceit, 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 transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. So it actually says here, I never knew that about this chapter. I know the verse, oh, for Satan himself uh, parades around as an angel of light. I, I, know, I know that verse, but I didn't know that it says his ministers change themselves into the ministers of Christ. They follow in his footsteps. For such are apostles. Back up one more, verse uh, 12. But what do I do? That I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found, even as we are. Go ahead and 13. For such are false false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Uh, go, Go to... 14, go to 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers. Whose ministers? Satan's ministers. Satan has ministers? Satan has, are you kidding me? He has ministers? Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So that tells you the fruit is going to, you know, they say the proof of the puddings in the eating. The fruit, you will know them by their fruits. You will know the trees by their fruit because in their core, they're corrupted. You know, I, I've never tried this with a crab apple tree, but I don't imagine you want to go up to a crab apple and eat it. I don't think they're edible. I think they're disgusting. Uh, it's called a crab apple. Yes, they're crabby. Uh, and you'll be if you eat them. But you say, well, what's the difference? It's an apple. You will know them by the... What, you go, go and partake. Partake of that. 
Remember, the truth you know is the truth that is governing you. The truth you know is the truth that is hitting the core. And if it's getting into the core, the truth you possess is the truth that is governing you, and you will know them by your fruits. People will know you by your fruits. And so there's, this is just baffling to me. That it, the Bible plainly says there is no great thing that if his ministers, that Satan has ministers, and they're parading around as angels of light. Yeah. And I was meditating on this when I was getting ready for tonight. And I said, we have to be careful not to fall for one of these ministers. We have to know the voice of the Good Shepherd. Amen. We have to, and then you'll become acquainted with the anointing, and you begin to know the anointing. Because what is the, the anointing? The, the anointing is what takes this sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and is able to... You can't drive a sword into somebody without hurting them. The anointing is the thing that takes that sword into you and helps you. How can you be impaled by a sword and it help you and get better? That don't make any sense. I mean... Even a doctor with a scalpel, a two-edged blade, has to cut so precisely and make clean precisions, seemingly hurting you, but it's so that he can help you, as long as he's you know, a good doctor uh, and, and has good intentions. But the word is perfect. It's pure. And it can, it's not a, it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It penetrates the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. You can't try to separate those things in a alive human body without damaging it, Amen. except by the Word of God. And the anointing is that thing that, that drives the Word into your heart and helps you receive it. Right. What do His ministers operate by? Come on. Well, we, we're, fear? fear. Yeah. Because there's an influence that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. You need to do this or else. Come on. You'll never hear Pastor Jackie say that. Now, you might hear her warn you, but you'll never hear her say, I, I, don't correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor. Like, not that I would expect you to say that. It's just, I was kind of saying, our pastors, or I don't believe you'll ever hear our pastor say, you do this or else. Because that, what does that sound like? A very dictator voice. We're talking about being controlled by. It's gentle. It's loving. Now, there might be a stern warning or a stern warning by the Holy Spirit but you're going to have that anointing on it that is loving and, and helpful and correcting because she's, she's helping to give us truth that is going to govern us, that will pilot us, that will decide the fate of. What is the fate of a tree? Well, the fruit it's producing. That is its, that's its purpose. It, it's, its purpose is to produce. Um, Let's, let's go back to this. Thank you, sister, for putting that up there. Uh, oh, so, yeah, we have, to, we have to be careful not to fall for one of those false ministers or to become one ourselves. Amen. You know how easy it is to be deceived and think that we're right. Yeah, have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever been certain you were right and then found out you were wrong? It's a very humbling experience, and it's even better for you if you admit it. <laughs> you just say, Okay, I was wrong. Yep. And it's helpful. Yep. It's easy to be deceived. You know, Amen. these people over in other nations, Hamas, terrorists, they think they're right. Yeah. That's right. Come on. They think the, the person who went down to, if you haven't heard about it, down in Joel Steen's church and yeah. decided to go in there and shoot it and use a kid as a human shield, Come on. to them, that makes sense. Right. Come on. Mm. Yep. They, they think yep. that that's okay. Because, oh, I'm just leveling the playing field. Right. 
That's, if you go back to like uh, Lance Armstrong and the bikers and everything, he, and he, you know, doping and all the stuff they were doing to, to become great, he was just leveling the playing field. Yeah. When everybody's doing it, oh yeah, if, if everybody's, if every, and so if they think we're the evil ones, you know, uh, then they think they're right and they're being piloted or governed by a truth or a deception, but to them it's truth. And, and, and so they think their truth drives them to do such evil things as give this kid a bomb and say, hey, go, go over there, blow them up. You're fulfilling your purpose by doing this, and you're honoring our God. It's not a real God, but honoring their faith or whatever they believe in. That's, that's twisted, yeah. and they're, they're being governed, and, and they're deceived. That's yeah. why we've got to get the truth out. The, the anointing, Amen. the anointing is that, because you can be, operate under deception for your entire life, and then hear one sermon with the anointing, one verse with the anointing, and it penetrates, and you go, what just happened? I've been impaled all my life, and now I was just impaled, and I'm better? Yeah, where have I been? What, what, what flight have I been on? Right. Come on. Uh, you know, they got those rock songs, Highway to Hell, yeah. Hotel California. Yeah. They all speak of you uh, being somewhere yeah, yeah. and heading somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you listen, go back and listen to those words and you break it down. And you're like, wow, this stuff is twisted. Uh, what, what is it? Is it Hotel California says, we got everything you want, but you can never leave. That's a deception. That is a deception. Hell, people think I can live any way I want, right. and you're going to end up in hell. It's okay. It'll be a party down there. It's going to be a party of everything that is opposite of what you think it's going to be. Yeah. You think it's going to be fun. It's going to be yeah. terrible. Yeah, true. It's a deception, true. but they're being piloted. Yep. They're being controlled by. Uh, so the truth you possess is the truth that is running you. The truth you possess is the truth that is dominating you. The truth you possess is the truth that is commanding you. Yeah. You hear pastor when she preaches. She is commanded. Yeah. Yeah. She preaches with a, like she is, she has a, a command from heaven. Yeah. She, is, she is on a mission. Amen. She, you know, she says, how could you let him down? Yeah. What's, the, what's the scripture say? Uh, when no soldier, when he's enlisted, gets entangled in human affairs or civilian affairs because he's only concerned with pleasing the one who enlisted him. Because he's got a truth. He's got a mission. And and, and he won't stop until that mission's completed. That's that's our pastor. That's the example she's given us. She goes, how could you let him down? That's the soldier saying, how can I let my my sergeant down? How can I, I, I'm commanded. This has been commanded of me. The truth you possess is the truth that is commanding you. The truth you possess is the truth that is ordering you, arranging or organizing you. Um, so I'll finish this page on here, January 29th. It says, confession, it is God's will that, will be, that I be well. It is God's will that I be healed. That's God's plan and purpose, for it is written. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. What he bore, I need not bear. It is God's will that I walk in health. It is his will that I not be oppressed by the devil. Sickness is satanic oppression. 
So when I get help for something else in this book, uh, whatever it is you need help with, uh, it could be depression or whatever. So sickness is satanic oppression. You know what I put? Poverty and lack are satanic oppression. And then it says, it's his will. Uh, Let's see, I'll, I'll just continue reading. Satan is the author of sickness. Satan is the author of poverty and lack. It is not the will of God that any of his children be under the dominion of Satan. It is not the will of God that I, as his child, be under the dominion of Satan, under the dominion of sickness and disease, or under the dominion of poverty and lack. Mm -hmm. Same faith principle. The truth is, God says this, this is the opposite, I believe this, and it's going to work for me. For Jesus took my infirmities, Jesus took my poverty, and bore my sicknesses, he took my lack. Uh, you know, there's a second Corinthians, I think it's, uh, 418 or eight, nine says that, um, that he, I'm becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly, clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was so very rich, so very rich, uh, have you guys ever seen the, the movie Pride and Prejudice? My wife loves that movie. There's a scene in there. I like that movie. It's a, it's a sappy romance giggly teenage girls wanting to marry guys and but there's a scene in that movie that they go to this guy's they're they they talk about going so there's this main girl uh and she's so prideful and, and that's she's the main character and she has this love interest who is supposedly prejudiced and he's very she comes from a lower income family but they had maids like but they were still considered a, a lower income family compared to this guy who lives in a mansion and has, his house looks like a museum, like it's just gorgeous. There's statues of himself and just the nicest, biggest. And she, they were talking about going on a journey. I guess in those days, you could stop by somebody's manor and visit it and tour it. And, uh, and they said, well, let's stop so-and-so and go see his, his house. And she goes, oh, no, I, I'd rather not. Because she has, uh, she has, her pride is she can't see him face to face because they're at odds with each other. But there's also secretly some love interest. Watch the movie for yourself. Um, but there's this, there's this scene where she's traveling with some family, and they say, well, let's go over to so-and-so's house and, and do a tour. And she goes, oh, I, I'd rather not. And they what's the matter with you? Why wouldn't you want to go see it? Because they don't know all the backstory, her love interest with this guy. And she, I think he proposed, and she told him no. And now they want to go to his house, but she doesn't tell them that. You know, they're just kind of happy-go-lucky. And she's like, no, I, I, I'd rather not. And they go, well, well, why wouldn't you want to go? And she goes, he's just... And until, instead of telling them the real reason, she makes something up and she says, he's just, he's just so rich. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm like, yes, yes. People don't even want to go to my house. You know, it's like, well, it, it says that in the Old Testament, it says... They will see it, and they will be grieved, and they will weep and gnash with their teeth. Yeah. That means they can see something, and they're going, Come on. Oh, why are they so blessed? Come on. I'm okay with that. Amen. Come on. If, you, if you put the pride down, I'll tell you how to get there. Yeah. You know? right. um, I'm not all the way there yet, but his house is, immac- I mean, it's a mansion, 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 acres. I mean, it's just amazing to, to look at it and to see, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, like the so uh, she says, he's just, he's just so rich. And so I love the richness of that movie. 
they just they operate on another playing field. Like even the low-income family has maids and butlers and, and has people serving them at the table, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, it, not that not that I desire to be served, but there's another level. There's another level, and and man, if. Sonny and I have already talked about it. Like, man, if we ever have people under us like that, we are, we are going to be generous. We are going to be given bonuses out all the time. They're going to be so paid and wealthy. They don't even know they're at work. They just, you know, we, we want to be generous. We want to, we want to love people, give them an opportunity and just say, Hey, you know, at the same time they can come up and, you know, um, so yeah, there's that verse in, in second Corinthians, I think it's 8-9, 4-18 or 8-9 says, you're prog- you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing, you got to recognize something. We're talking about recognizing the voice of the flesh versus the voice of the spirit, the voice of the good shepherd versus the voice of yeah. the bad shepherd and his ministers. Recognizing more strongly and clearly, so there's a progression to our recognition, recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was so, I love the Amplified, it says he was so very rich, like that movie. He's just so rich. He's just so rich. Uh, he's so, so very rich that though, uh, so very rich that, is it up there? Yeah, yet for your sakes, he became so very poor. You know, can you, we could probably all picture something, and if, and if you, even if it's yourself, and it shouldn't be, that you could do the opposite of what they did in that movie and just say, well, I don't want to go there. He's just so, he's just so poor. Yeah. I don't want to be around that. Yep. Not, not judging the person, but when you walk in and it reeks and, yeah. and, and, and it's just not pleasant. And, and you go visit him and you can't wait to get out of there because you don't know what crawled on you. Come on. I've been in some places like that where the poverty is not, these circumstances are not poverty. The person is producing poverty. It's coming from the core. The truth you possess is the truth that is piloting. So there's, I've been in a house that, I mean, it was, it was so poverty stricken that we had to take the kids because there was not an edible piece of food in the house. There was not a drinkable drop of water. The only drinkable source of water had literal human feces gathered around it. And it wasn't the toilet. And and the only edible food was on the exterior of the house. And, and we, so we had to take the children out of that because, and, and, and I think since then they've had to take the kids again. And you could take that same family and put them in the, he's that yeah. rich house. Yeah. On, he's just so very rich. Yep. It will not be long before it looks yep. just like yeah. that yeah. single wide trailer we're in. Yeah. Because the truth that is in yeah. them is the truth yeah. that is piloting them. Now, this mother, it was a big key, father's not in the home, not the only issue, but father's not in the home, but that's the, you can, you can survive, you can, you can do, many people have done that, you can get over that one, good mothers make up that big difference, uh, father and mother aren't in the home or whatever, but uh, father's not in the home, done uh, unclean things with the kids, at least one of them, so father's not in the home. Mom's overwhelmed, and maybe, I remember seeing this, so the mom wasn't even in the house, came home from the grocery store, uh, had bottled water in the car, and, and 
uh, freshly made fast food in the car because that was the only edible stuff. If anything sat around, it quickly became corrupted like everything else. And um, to the point where you can't tell where the countertop begins, yeah. ends, and the food begins, it, it was that bad. It was that hard that, uh, and animals, I don't know how many species, species of animals are in that place. Uh, and you could, just like that house, you, he's so very rich, you could look at that and say, but they're just, they're just so very poor. Like, there was more bugs in the house than I could see outside the house. There was more dog poop. Because the big, the, what even got us there was, without giving away too much detail, uh, we ended up at the house because somebody expressed concern for the kids. So we, so we knock on the door, and they said, well, their dog was out. And so one of the kids tells us, yeah, we, we lost the leash, and we normally let him out to go to the bathroom. Uh, and so puppy, we normally let him out to go to the bathroom, but uh, uh, we lost a leash. Okay, so where do you let him go to the bathroom? Oh, over there in the yard. There's not a lick of dog poop in this yard. And you know puppies, they go everywhere. And so that tells us if it's not in the yard, it's in that house. That's... That's bothersome. That bothers me that kids are living in that. But if they don't know the difference, if this is the only truth they know, and I've had to, I've had to get in the habit of taking truths that were embedded in me and just casting them, just get rid of it. Not picking on my mom. Mom, if you're watching, uh, she tunes in every now and then. This isn't a shot at you, mom. Uh, but other, everybody, has, everybody has this. Yeah. I was talking to my sergeant about this. I said, you know what I do with grocery bags? This is this, this going to start some church fights. So <laughs> cover up. You, you, might get, you might get punched by a person next to you by, by saying amen. Uh, grocery bags. I don't, I don't keep them. I do not. I throw them in the trash as quick as I can. Because of a truth that was piloting me when I was growing up. Uh, we don't always have the opportunity to get the measure of truth that is in this place. I had much truth, so I'm not putting down my childhood. I had a very blessed, great childhood. A mom that made up the difference when dad was not in the home. Yeah. Um, actually, brother, Dr. Kenyon says that in this book. He says, mothers, you have no idea how important mothers are in this world because they're producing the sons and daughters. And he says, mothers, he gives this charge to the mothers, not to the fathers. The fathers have an obvious role. It should be obvious. And when they're not there, it's usually pretty uh, evident. But mother makes the home and, and, and is the one schooling them and rearing those children. And it says, mother, give to the, give, it said, basically let the world be changed because of, you know, the, like of their mothers. You know, uh, Pastor Nancy said that story, I'm getting off track, but that story about the guy that said a sermon about Pastor Nancy's mom and said how great she was. But she's just this quiet lady, never wants to be put on the spot. But they said, she's great because of what her children have done. Come on, that's yeah. right. Because they have gone out. So mothers are Amen. critical, critical, Amen. critical, Amen. pivotal. Amen. Anyway, this, this uh, you could say about that house, they're just so poor. But there's a truth piloting them. And I remember being at that house, and the mother pulled up and was upset that we were there and didn't want to let us in the house. So we, okay, we'll get a warrant to go in there and see your mess. I don't want to, but I, we will, because these kids can't live in that. And I'm not judging her for this, uh, because what I, it's easy to go, ugh, she's, they're just, you did, they live in what? You know, what did I say earlier? 
it's as easy to be deceived and think you're right. It would be very easy for us, one, to judge that and think we're right. That's right. But then for us to end up there. That's right. yeah. Because if you'll give yourself the opportunity to end up there. You know, that says, if you judge, you yourself will be judged. You set yourself up for the opportunity to be judged by the same thing that you're accusing others of. Because the sin that you're, that you're retaining is going to be retained. That's what pastor always tells us. When people accuse her of things, like when she was a kid, somebody accused her of stealing socks. What were they doing? They were stealing socks. And that judgment will come. So they're, they're judging her of doing wrong, and eventually their judgment is going to, going to come back. Um, anyway, this, this mother pulled up. We never let her back inside the house because we had to put her in cuffs and, and keep her from trying, because she was going to go in there and start cleaning and try, basically trying to hide the evidence that this is neglectful. And um, so we had to put her in cuffs and, and, and keep her away from the house. I don't like doing that, but it, the circumstances called for it because otherwise she's going to let these kids keep going like this. Um, and I remember we took her back to the office once the warrant and everything was done, arrested her, took her back to the office, and I was, I was sitting behind her. We let her, you know, hang out with the kids until we had to take her up to jail. Um, and I seen a bug crawl out of the shirt, the collar of her shirt. And I go, wait a minute. The house was riddled with bugs. But she, we never let her back inside. So that means that thing was with her all the way to the store. And all the way back. And it's easy to go, ugh. But what I realized was she's being, I didn't say it this way, but she's being governed by something. Yes, what if she's never known any difference? So back to my mom, right. grocery sacks, grocery sacks, grocery sacks. She was visiting us recently and she, she saw me throwing some away and she goes, well, aren't you going to save those? I said, so I was probably a little, 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 I don't know, snarky, I guess. I don't know. I said, what, so they can sit in my cabinet for 20 years? And she said, we use those. <laughs> we, we use some of them. Because when I was a kid, it marked me. There was something that, you know, it's important what your kids see yeah. at a young age because it'll, it's funny when you get older, the things you can see and hear and smell that take you straight back to when you were a kid. And I can still see the brown cabinet door. It's still there with the... Uh, polished, you know, faded polished gold, copper handle, and you open it, and the avalanche of, of grocery sacks comes out. And I only wanted one, but they all come out, and then you got to spend all this time sitting there stuffing them back in there, stuffing them back in there, and then close the door and hope it stays shut because you just needed one. And you know what you needed it for? To go to the bathroom and change the bathroom trash because the bathroom trash is this big. So the grocery sacks are perfect. It's, oh, it's just the right size. I don't want to go poop and look at Walmart logos. I'm just, excuse me. I, I don't have to. I don't, I don't have to. If you want to, that's okay, but I don't have to. There is freedom from Walmart grocery sacks, okay? You do not have to be governed by it. I will sometimes, I will cut them up on purpose. I'm like, there is no use for this in this house. No use for this. And you can go to Costco. It would help you. It'll, if I'm stepping on some toes or I'm picking on me because I've had to get over this because there's been truths that have been embedded that I'm like, I can't go further if I keep doing this. One of them's dishes in the sink. I, I, uh, it bothered because I, because you, 
There's certain things you have to get over to go further. And, and if, you, if, you don't, if you don't take care of what you have, if you don't take care of what you have, you can't go on with more. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little. I'll make you master of much. How do I get to having people say, hey, uh, Brother Lonnie or Mr. Brown, um, hey, was that dinner excellent? Hey, I'm going to be going to washing the dishes. I'll be in the kitchen taking care of that. I can't get there if I'm, if I'm leaving the dishes in there myself. I can't get to the place. Not that, like I said, I'm not that I desire to be served, but I desire to go to another level, to where my time, yes, like my wife, where my time is so valuable that I can't spend it washing dishes. Like the president, you don't expect him to be out there mowing the lawn because his time at the, the office of the president, I'll say, is, it should be so valuable and honored that it's better spent doing this than it is doing something smaller, but not less important. Like pastor says, she has a different role in this church, but it's not less important than, or your position is not less important. It's just as important. It's just in a different office. Um, I can't get to that level if I don't. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. You will be made master of much. It starts with the little. So these little things matter in the grocery sacks, man. And you can go to Costco. If this is you, write me a note, a text. Nobody else has to know. I will go to Costco. I am putting, my wife, we will put it in the budget. I will go to Costco and I will get you a bag, a box. They sell boxes with two to three rolls of one gallon size trash bags with no logo on them. They probably even have scented ones. They don't scent those Walmart ones. And then the Walmart ones get little holes in them all the time. And then you go to tie them up. And then you got your, your tissues and stuff hanging out the, yeah. I just get rid of them. They were, they were not meant to be used over and over. They were one-time use. They were meant to carry. They, they have fulfilled their purpose. They can depart from the earth now. That's right. You know. If you, really, if you really want to, take them to the recycling bin at Walmart. I don't know what they do with them. But, or get creative. I mean, turn them into arts and crafts for kids or something. Or bird's nest, you know, replenish the, the earth or whatever. I don't know. Do, do, what, do what you want to do with them. But in my house, there, let it be written, there would be no surviving Walmart grocery sack. You go to Costco, they don't even give you grocery sacks. And you have to have a membership to get in there. So, I mean, just let that stuff soak in. That there's some places where they don't even let a grocery sack in the door. So, you keep your grocery sacks. I'm not. I, I got to get rid of them. And I'm just telling on myself. I'm just telling myself, I will on purpose get rid of stuff that I, I'll catch myself going, oh, I could probably use that. Get out of here. That tells me. We have, my Jeep in the parking lot has three bags full of stuff to go to Goodwill that my wife put in the bag. I said, what are you doing with those? What are you doing? We knew, what did you put in there? And the reason I'm skeptical of it, because sometimes she'll get rid of something. And I'll be like, hey, where's this? She'll uh... So now I'm like, all right, we can't keep doing this. If you're getting rid of stuff, please let me know. So she's like, hey, I put it all in the bag over there. So it's been sitting there for me to go through it. You know how long it's been since I haven't gone through them? And, and they were sitting in the basement. They made it to the van once. Then we took it out of the van, put them back in the basement. And then we put them in the, we put them in the Jeep now. I'm just going to go to a donation bin on my way home. They're not going home again. And I started going through these. I'm like, oh, wait, I never went through this stuff. Oh, look at this. A Victoria's Secret bag or something. 
And I'm like, oh, this looks like real leather. I could probably turn this into something. Just get out of here. That, you got to catch yourself. you got to catch yourself because if it's been in the bags for a year and I haven't even touched it, guess what? I probably don't need it. Put it in a Walmart grocery sack and get it out of the house. Okay. Talk about truth that is governing you. There's things, there's things, there's things that are governing that if they're, they're not helping, uh, we just got to be aware of what's governing us. I need to wrap this up. I did, I did not get I did not get very far. Hopefully it's helping. I'll, I'll on purpose get rid of stuff when I when I catch myself going. No, oh, I could probably. That tells me. Wait a minute. I have to be sober about this. Yo, be sober. Be vigilant. For the the enemy of yours roams around. What is he trying to do? Keep you keep you sneaky. Yes. Roams around as a roaring lion. Thankfully, he doesn't change himself into a roaring lion. Like it says, he transforms himself into an angel of light. But Pastor Ken, he's a mew. At his core, he's a little tiny mew. And um, we got to be careful of the truth that is governing us. The truth that is presiding over us. Hallelujah. My tires are probably going to be flattened after this because <laughs> talk about my grocery sex. Slash up those tires. The Waltons are saints. The Waltons, like Walmart, <laughs> Walmart, the family. They never hurt anybody. I don't know any of the Walmart Walton family. If they're watching, I, I, you make good grocery sacks. I, I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. You know, they even make, they make, people will sew together old towels into this tubey thing and stick cardboard in it. And it's a used grocery sack dispenser. And you pack them down in there. And it hangs forever. And it's always full. You notice that thing is always full. And you pull one out. You go to pull one out. And what happens? A bunch of them come out. I think... <laughs> my grandma had one. My mom had one. My mom, actually, we had one, but we didn't use it. We, well, actually, we did use it. It, it. it hung across, right across. The cabinet door was here, and it was full of grocery sacks to the brim, and then right over here, so you could take your pick. You could reach down here in the, in the cabinet, or you could reach up here and pull one out of the socky thing. The, the, it's like a big towel sock. And they make it stretchy on both ends to try to contain all the grocery sackdom in there. It's chaos in those things. You pull one out and they just, it's like a, like a can of worms. Those things, however cute they are, hand sewn or whatever, they can find their place in hell with all the rest of the, because they're trying to keep you at a, I need this, I need this, I got to use this, I got to use this, you know, 
If you have, if you have hand sewn any of those, I, I just, that's okay. Or bottom, it's a good product for what it does. Yep. Uh, but we'll have a bonfire at my house and you can, welcome to come on over and burn your sins. Um, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with it. If it's piling up, get rid of it. You know, like, I might need that. Poof. Uh, there's another level. There's another level. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There is another level, and I endeavor to go up to that higher level. Why does, why does the little things matter like this? Because it, it's the truth that is governing you. If you, you can't get in the word very long or get around people who are operating at a higher level of truth. Yeah. <laughs> I think I struck some chords over here. There's, there's people that are operating at a higher level of truth and you get around them and you start to realize, wait a minute, they talk a little different. They walk a little different. They drive something different. It won't be long before that truth that is governing you. You notice when you're sitting in the plane being piloted, there's people around you and they have, they have what, a whole section of the plane called what? First class. First class a little different. No grocery sacks in first class. Right. Keep your grocery sacks in the back. Amen. Yeah, they have real luggage. You can, you can pack your clothes in real luggage. If you want. They have really nice luggage. You can have your name embroidered on it or painted on it. And you don't have to be the one that carries it. How about let's get to that level where you don't even have to look at it. I don't care if it's a grocery sack or what. Somebody else is carrying my stuff. I don't have to think about it. It's been fun, family. Oh my God. I was. Remember, this is your fault. I said the utterances are because of the people that are pulling it. This is not my fault. Okay. Okay. Let's get back to the word. There's a, just a few verses I'm going to read. You can laugh or just hang out if you want. We're just going to go through a few verses. I'm not going to get invited to anybody's house now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I want, I want, if we have a drawer in this, in this church that is full or one of those sake things. Do we have one? Is there one? There's one in the building? Go, go empty somebody I tell you after service go empty it and see how long it takes for that thing to fill back up it won't be very long because if people have theirs full at home they'll come help you fill yours up hey I got some grocery sacks let's go to let's go to second class together let's go back or we can stay in first class we can shop at Costco I'm telling you if this is you whether you can afford it or not I don't care but we will we will put it in our budget if we have to buy one a month we will go get you a one-gallon size trash bags for your house. And they last you for years. You never have to shop at Walmart for grocery sacks again. So one gallon. They're one gallon a piece, but the roll will last you. We've had, we, so we bought a box, and it gives you two rolls. The rolls are this thick. And it takes you a, a couple of years to go through it. And if, if during that time, while you're using up your thousands of trash bags, on your one-gallon trash bags? If during that time you miss Walmart bags so much, give, give me the bags back and you can go back to Walmart. That's fine. You, you, can, you can have your Walmart bags. There's nothing wrong with it if that's what you like, if that's what you enjoy. 
if, if you have some purpose for it. But if it's just a truth that has been governing you because it's always governed you, we've got to catch these things. What, what, is, what is piloting you that you don't know is piloting you? I'm just telling on me. Those are some things that I've had to, I've had to catch myself, you know. How about this? Oh, oh it's, the weather's changing. Oh, I think I might have. What's governing you? What is piloting your life? It took, I remember when I was a kid, I, I was asthmatic as a kid, and I was told there were certain things I could and couldn't do, and I didn't pay attention to that, as like many kids. You just do what you want. And uh, it's actually, it actually benefited me because I, I, I was a swimmer. I played the trumpet. All things that an asthmatic kid, somebody who's in and out of the hospital all the time as a kid, might not be able to do. And I played, I ran, rode my bike as hard as I could, you know, and I never felt, and there's degrees of, of it, but never felt like I was going to kill over. And I feel like swim, I was a competitive swimmer most of my young life. I think those things helped my lung capacity, helped my breathing. Um, don't know why I got into that. Uh, yeah, the truth that is piloting you. Oh, I, so when I, I remember coming to this church, and there was a time when I, I would get asthmatic symptoms in the fall. And in Arizona, we don't have the beautiful four seasons. We get hot and dried up and a little less hot and a little less dried up. So the fall there, everything just dries up and falls to the ground and is a fire hazard. Uh, but I remember playing in the leaves once at a relative's house, and it triggered my asthmatic symptoms. And I'd been having some symptoms anyway, and it made me just start vomiting uh, because I was heaving so much, trying to catch a breath. And so what did that, that'll mark a little kid. Oh, I can't be around leaves. I can't be around outdoors because I might go back to that. And I remember when I moved here and it was gorgeous. And then I never really had symptoms other than that time. And, you know, then the symptoms around here, you start hearing everybody talk about the pollen in the air and, and oh, uh, you know, maybe they do have symptoms. But then I realized, wait a minute, what have I been allowing to creep in and start piloting my life? And listening, listening to the truth, remember the truth that is governing you, the truth that you possess is the truth that is governing you. I was hearing the truth from my pastor, and I remember the day, I couldn't tell you the date and time, but I just remember, so, wait, you mean I don't have to have those symptoms? You mean I don't have to have allergies? I remember when it dawned on me, it was like, wait a minute, you mean that doesn't have to be the pilot of my life? There's, there's more, there's so much offered us in the word. Um, so I'll read a couple verses and, uh, thank you, Father. I'm, I've had fun and there's some good utterances because it's helping me. It's helping me. Uh, I didn't write down, I thought I wrote down the, the scripture. Maybe I didn't. I didn't write down the scripture, but there's a way that seems right unto the man, unto a man. Uh, I think it's in Proverbs or Psalms. Excuse me. There is a way that which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end is death. Uh, Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd and my sheep know my voice. Uh, I, cop- I, I put all my verses in here, but I didn't write down where they were. But uh, this is in Isaiah. Uh, and, it's, and Pastor Ken quotes it often. He says, And all your spiritual children shall be disciples, 
taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Or it's opposite. Right? If it's going to work for peace, then it can work to the opposite, like that family. If those kids never learn anything other than what they grew up in. They, and the thing was, those kids were happy-go-lucky. They did not know the misery of that home. They were, they had to, they were playing with their toys. They were running around, playing with the puppy. It was just a heyday for them. They did not, maybe they did a little bit recognize that, hey, the other kids' houses aren't like this. But they weren't moping all going, oh, I'll never get out of this house. I'll never get out. They were just kids. Right, right. They were adorable. They were adorable kids. That's what I, they don't know any different. Yeah. Amen. But if they never, if they never n- are taught something else, they will repeat what she has repeated. Yeah. But then when I, what I was talking about, when I saw that bug come out of her, her <laughs> collar and we never let her back in the house, I said, yeah. you know, once somebody else said, well, you know, it, it's got to be hard being a single mom with this many kids. And yeah, that's true. That's very true. And you add in that she might have grown up in similar circumstances. So she, maybe she's never known anything other than this, which is very possible. Um, and all your spiritual children shall be disciples taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. Uh, Pastor Nancy said this recently in one of her, I think it was one of the... Um, Jesus the healers, but she said, or one of her sermons, she said, uh, you can't say great is my peace without great teaching. Uh, it says, all my children shall be disciples taught by the Lord. Well, how are they going to learn to be taught by the Lord? Their primary example in the home is the parent. All my children shall be disciples taught by the Lord. And then great shall be their peace and their undisturbed composure. No great teaching, no great peace. Right. No, no teacher. And it says, uh, I actually love one, uh, what, it's, in, it's in Matthew. Uh, might be 645. Um, and all your spiritual children shall be disciples, taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. And, shall be, and great shall be the peace and underserved composure of your children. There's a, there's a uh, it's in Matthew. There's a footnote that references this verse, and it says, they will have, all my children will be taught by the Lord. They will have him in person as their teacher. You can say, they'll have him in person as their pilot of their life. Uh, So when we pray at night, I pray over the kids, and I say, say, Lonnie and Sonia, Victoria and Wyatt, are disciplined followers. They're taught of the Lord. They are obedient to his will. Yep, they, they'll be taught of the Lord. They're obedient to his will. They have him in person as their teacher. They hear the voice of the good shepherd and a stranger's voice. They will not follow. It's the same thing. If they're taught and they'll have great peace, that tells you they're hearing the right voice. And great shall be their peace and their understanding composure. Uh, and then I say what it says in uh, Philippians. He has made them ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into them. They are self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So it's Old and New Testament coming together there. Another verse. I, I put all these on here and then I didn't write down the verses. So I'm sorry. Uh, you'll have to just type them into Google. Uh, Satan parades himself around. Is 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 
First uh, John two twenty. We haven't gone over that, but First John two twenty. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. That unction is what's going to help you discern who's piloting. That unction will pilot you. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things pertaining to your life. That will help you. Oh, we need to bank this way just a little bit to avoid the storm ahead. That's that's the pilot's job. When you're when you're the passenger in the plane, you're not concerned about, oh, there's a storm so many knots ahead of us. Uh, we need to veer off and take this way. All they tell you is, hey, guys, there's been a short delay. Uh, it'll be, we'll, we'll land uh, about our approximate time. It'll be about 30 minutes after we were supposed to get there, but we will get there pretty soon. Uh, that's all they tell you. But they don't tell you. Turbulence ahead, veer off. The unction from the Holy One will help you pilot your life to avoid those storms. Amen. And if it's a storm that you can go above or go straight through, because there's some storms, if they can fly through them, I'm sure they just go through them. But if it's too treacherous, uh, that it will destroy everything, uh, the, yeah, we're not going through this one. Um, so I've had fun. I'm going to be done. Uh, we didn't get very far into Romans. You know, you get down to Romans and it talks about the, that unction or the witness, the Spirit Himself bearing witness. So that's the same thing as that unction. So uh, go over those verses yourself. Uh, and who's taking Pastor Ken's birthday offering? I am? Okay. Uh, so if we get one more opportunity, I'm done. Uh, I believe I've said enough. Uh, we get one more oppor- or another opportunity to bless Pastor Ken again this Sunday, right? We're not doing one this Sunday. So no Pastor Ken birthday offering this coming Sunday because we're having our guest minister, Reverend Randy Greer. Um, and uh, so if you need an envelope, raise your hand. Checks payable to uh, Pastor Ken or Ken Hartman. So that way it will go directly to him. Uh, and he will get all of that on his birthday. We want to love him and Amen. and. Hold him up during his birthday. Just bless him. Amen. He, you, you know how much he loves us. Let's, yeah. let's, you know, Amen. let's just do a little bit to, you know, to to show him we love him too. Amen. Hallelujah. Which I think mine's in, in my pocket here. Thank you, Father. Did you guys get some help? Yes. Hopefully. You gonna bring me the bags? We will have a. Don't bring them to me because I'll probably put them in a pile. And then the pile will sit there. No, we got to, we just, can we have a fire in the parking? Yeah, can we have a fire in the parking lot, Pastor? We'll go burn up all the bags. Yeah, we'll do it over there. Um, it, it, it's true. Not, not accusing anybody of the bags. Like, that's, that's just a small thing. It could be something else. You know, it could be Altoid mint containers or, you know, I, I might need this. I'm just saying that because I do that. I'll empty it out and be like, oh, you mean, yeah, yeah. You know what? Thank you. Sonia, pastor has spoken. She said leftover toothbrushes. So you're done with it. And you've already got three more from the dentist. And this one's all frayed like this. You know, when you look at it, it's going, and you can, I could scrub a toilet with this or Where, where'd my extra toothbrush go? Come on. Those were not intended for that. They were intended for cleaning these. You talk about vessels of honor. If your mouth is a vessel of honor and the toilet is not, 
You don't mix the two. That's right. Come on. But what's that? Twisty ties. Oh my gosh. We're going to have Arts and Crafts Day. We're going to have an Arts and Crafts Day. And on Arts and Crafts Day, everybody brings their trinkets that they don't use and we'll put them to use once and for all. The, the, twisty, the bread twisty ties. I, I on purpose throw those away too. I on purpose because otherwise they build up. There's some things I will on purpose get rid of. Yeah. If you want, you know, you can buy... Actually, some trash bags come with those twisty ties, and they're not even all twisted up. They're, they're nice and flat. You can, you can have a whole, you can have nice ones if you want. You don't have to reuse the store ones. Yeah. But, tooth, Sonia, toothbrushes. Pastor brought up toothbrushes. We're not doing that anymore. No, toothbrush, toothpaste too, but toothbrushes. You say toothpicks or old toothbrushes? Oh, you said pigs? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, oh, okay. Okay. Old toothpicks, old toothbrushes. Stop repurposing these things. They, they, were, they were designed, the owner of these did not go, hey, people will be able to have beautiful smiles because of my product. And even after that, they'll have beautiful toilets because they're done using my product and they can use it. They don't, they don't put that on the box. On the box, it doesn't say... Clean your teeth and then your toilet. No, it, it doesn't advertise that. Stop making up purposes. I would be mad if I created a product and then found out, guys, that's not what that was for. No, stop. You're ruining it. They make, they make toilet brushes. So what we're going to do, we have, tooth, we have old toothbrushes everywhere. And we're getting rid of them. We got to just, just buy, just go ahead, dear. Just buy the cleaning brushes. Go get a whole pack. Get a bucket of them, you know. Please, I don't want to see any more toothbrushes under the sink. Or anything like that. Rubber bands. Pastor is preaching now. <laughs> Rubber bands. We're going to have an arts and crafts day. We have to because we've got to get rid of all this stuff. So we're taking Pastor Ken's offering, guys. I'm, i got to be done here. So uh, burn a barrel. She's got a burn barrel. And we can, we can burn it, and we can dance around it because of the freedom. People are going, what is that church doing? We're getting free. Getting free. <laughs> It'll be a great getting free meeting. So, this is not what church is supposed to be, guys. <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's to totally fine that we can laugh in church. God, God is good. Hey, hey, I didn't name any names. I didn't point any fingers except to myself. So I'm just as guilty. I got stuff sitting around. I got stuff sitting around that has been sitting there and been sitting there. It's, sometimes it's just got to go. And sometimes it's stuff that will actually bless some other people. You know, if it's a shirt or something and you're holding on to it, maybe it'll bless them, you know. Plastic bottles, yep. Yep, plastic bottles. Yep. So we'll have a confession booth in the back. Uh, Pastor, you want to do confession? We'll do a confessional. We'll do a confession booth. 
What did, what did, Pastor, what, what did they used to say before? So, please forgive me, it's been so many days since my last confession. And, yeah, bless, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Not picking on a denomination, but bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been however many days. It's been 10 days since my last confession. I imagine it's probably been decades since we confessed some of these things, but, you know. It's just, it's all fun. It's all fun, you know. All right. We'll pray over the offering. And uh, you guys be blessed in your going. Father, thank you so much for, for helping us. Thank you for being the good shepherd.